0: proper interpretation of God's word is is a must Um, doctrinal hygienic healthy food is what makes us as Christians grow now tonight 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 uh, and and I'm going to be dealing with this for um, I don't know how long I want to get through this this is major Um, God's mission for marriage, God's mission for marriage. I I, I need to deal with this. And and, and again, um, there is a lot of material that we need to cover to get a comprehensive view of marriage. Um, We're in 1 Corinthians 7. And in 1 Corinthians 7, and I want to put this out. Um, It is, it is imperative for you and I to understand that Paul is not, and I, and I want to underscore this, he is not saying everything about marriage. He's only answering questions that they wrote to him about. And we know that one of those questions had to do with celibacy. Is celibacy more spiritual than being married? Is being, a virgin, being single, more spiritual than being married, um, is uh, uh, what is God's will about a man touching a woman? So there, there were que- there were specific questions that Paul received, and he is beginning in First Corinthians seven answering these particular questions. Now, what I want to do is kind of go through um, somewhat of my outline and 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 uh, deal with. This whole thing, because one of the reasons the church has its lights out, and when you look at Revelation two and three, there's only two church, two two churches with candlesticks burning. the The lights is out, meaning they have no illumination because they have resorted to unfaithful doctrines to come in, and and whatnot. Mar- marriage is a God-ordained union between a man and a woman. Now, that's where we start. I don't want to hear about what society says. I don't want to hear it. And and it doesn't make me a hater. I just believe the word of God. It's a union between a man and a woman, not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman. It's a It's a union that was God ordained between a man and a woman. And, and, and by the way, when you when you go into books like Proverbs, God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God is, God wrote to us the law of the mother and the law of the father. They 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 are two different genders, which carries, if you will, uh, certain um, specifics to that gender. And 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 we'll try to get into some of that. Uh, and, and when you are living in a culture that think that they can exchange things that God said is unexchangeable, you got a bunch of mess. Can I get a witness? So, it is, it is, it, it is a union between a man and a woman. It's a program that complements, brings companionship, care, consideration, concern, and a cooperation. Marriage was also instituted for procreation to multiply seeds as they had children. And, and God said uh, uh, to Adam and Eve in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, you're going to replenish the earth, you're going to. Uh, uh, so, so, when we start looking at purpose, this partnership is building and its purpose is to build a life of faith fellowship and uh, spiritual function. We and we're going to be tapping into these things. We're going to talk about what marriage is not and what marriage was not designed to do. Marriage was not designed to heal your hurts. The Holy Spirit was designed to heal your hurts. Marriage was not designed to give you good feelings all the time. You know, you, you know, so we, we got to, we as the church, we got to start looking at this, um, uh, however, man, marriage has become distorted by a culture of sin, sickness, as God's design has become diluted by one's liability of living arrangements and uh, a push for inappropriate passions. And Brother Leroy had mentioned that, that you got a lot of men today and women who have um, sexual addiction that they're trying to satisfy in a normal relationship and you run into problems. We, we got to discuss that. That has to be something that, that, that is on the table, something that we begin to work through and um, some look at marriage as a prevention of pain. That if I get married, all this pain I've been carrying, it'll be alleviated. Well, um, you'll learn in fact, marriage might bring you more pain <laughs> you know, you know we and, and we're not trying to discourage people from getting married, we're trying to give you truth. amen. uh It's not a security blanket, so you don't become bankrupt yeah it it, it is and 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 as we look at this, um God ordained three significant institutions throughout the Bible. The family in Genesis 2, we're going to take a look at that. The government in Genesis 9, and the church in Acts, 3, Acts, Acts chapter 2. Those are the three institutions of God. And the family is a relationship of a man, woman, children, extended family, so forth, so on. Uh, the, the, the government is a ruling body to curb and control sin. The Nohoic covenant in Genesis 9 was that God said, listen, this is before the law. The law didn't happen to Exodus 20. You take a life, your life is due. It was the it it was the control and curb sin. So, God started capital punishment. The only the only problem is you can't have these slick lawyers and judges that on on you know, half cocked, half information putting people to death. But uh, God ordained it, and then the church is the spiritual righteousness, uh, the body of Christ, the building, and so forth, so on. So, here, here we go. We're going to dive into First um, Corinthians seven, and let me say this to you: I'm going to put this up on the board. That when we get when we get to First Corinthians seven, we're going to look at most of the scriptures on marriage. Most of the scriptures on marriage we're going to cover First Corinthians seven there are three groups of people. Married. All right. Christians who are married to Christians. Verses 1 to 11. We're going to deal with that. Then hmm, the unmarried 12 to 24, and what's that? A kid's toy. Ain't you kind of old to have a kid's toy? I, I don't see no kids back there. And, and and the unmarried, must be a grand grandparent, and the unmarried deals with, listen to this, it deals with divorcees, It deals with um, widows and widowers and it deals with people that have um, divorcees, widows, widowers. Uh, Let me come back to that. And then what they call virgins or celibate, those who are in a single state. Um, so, what we're going to do is kind of look at this and one of the things that I, that I did uh, before I go back to my chart, um, some of the things that marriage should be and marriage is not, amen, just getting excited about the pieces that come with a person. It's a package deal. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's the package deal. You're taking in that person's history, their hurts, their heart, their head. Now, I'm I'm pausing purposely because you may have a good heart and a bad head. This one's tight. Mm-hmm. They may they may love the Lord, but their reasoning power is despicable. Mm-hmm. Or they're trapped by their past hurts. And, I, you know, we were saying you got to accept a person's hurts, their history. You got to accept that when you marry them, that's yours. You're saying, Lord, you know, with your help, I, I, I want to connect. I want to covet with this person. And as we go along, we're going to trust you to work out the, the, the particulars. All's got history. All's got hurts. And, and, and only God knows what's in your heart. And what scares me about people is what's in their heart because what's in their heart does not readily come out. What's in their head, you keep talking, you'll find out where they, you know, what the IQ is, where they are, where they've been, but the heart is wickedly what? Deceitful. You cannot measure a person's heart through a date, through a conversation. Um, we can hide stuff. And and so, one of the things we're going to look, look, look at is this matter of um, cooperation, not conflict, compliment, not criticism, commitment, not casual care, you know, it's a covenant, an agreement with it's it's a covenant between three people, you, the other person, and God, and not just commercialism. It's just this thing is much deeper than you think. And being a pastor and having married countless people When we when we read those vows, dearly beloved, and we went over this, we are gathered here in the sight of God in this company to bring together in holy matrimony this man, this woman, da 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 da, -da. and and the the vows itself is scary. Sickness and health, and rich or poor. To death, do us part. And if anybody can show an impediment why these two should not get married, speak now forever. Now, you know, we had that happen one uh, poor poor Gary Tunstall. I I was at home and he he was here marrying a couple and somebody jumped up and said nah and and they 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 all went to like a free-for-all state (laughs) and Gary didn't know what to do. Gary sitting there looking called my house, my son was this big. I grabbed me a I grabbed me a baseball bat. I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> well, the the fact of the matter is, is that um, you know, the impediment is somebody that's sitting on something and 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 all this is part of the vows, you know, and we you know, we take for granted, ain't nobody gonna stand up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's a joke. Forgive me, Lord. Uh, praise the name of Jesus. So um, I was I, I just, you know, I'm in a joking mood. Forgive me. So Sister Gordon got on my nerves, and we already had the wedding plan, and I just paid somebody twenty-five. Stand up, <laughs> so I can get out of this thing. I can go out the other door. You know what I mean? But, 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 but the fact of the matter is, I'm, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, but um, it's very, it's, it's very serious. And what marriage was never designed to do was to be a reflection of our feelings. Uh, it was never designed to be a reflection of our fractures or a reflection of our fears or a reflection of our fantasies uh, and And so when we begin to look at this chapter, and we want to break this down systematically so that we see everything, Paul. Is about to deal with. Let, before I go to First uh, Corinthians seven, and if you have any questions, raise your hand. Turn to Genesis chapter two. Let's go back to Genesis two, from the beginning. Genesis two, and I'm only giving you what the Word of God says. Amen. I'm not trying to duplicate your home or whatever crazy covenant you got. I'm just telling you what God has said in Genesis chapter two. I've had people, I had married people tell me over the years that, you know, we got an understanding. In other words, stay out. We got an understanding. All right, Genesis chapter (laughs) 2, whatever. God bless you. I just work here. Look at, look at this, look at this. And in Genesis 2, I want you to see something that's very deep in this context that it says in verse um, 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a what? Help me for him. Compliment. A help me. Uh, God knew, although no sin had entered the earth, he needed help. He needed help. He He needed, he was not complete. He needed help. And the Lord God, verse 21, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up. (laughs) Excuse me again. Back in the 70s, Archie Bunker told Edith, he said, "Uh, I'm the greater cut. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, uh, and, And he took one of the ribs. See what kind of stuff I like watching. And, and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh thereof and the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he woman ish and ishia made he woman and brought her unto the man. Now, this is, this, this thing gets deep. What God did was take something out of man and make woman and then bring the woman to the man. Now, now, now we can look at that. I don't want to get too bogged down with that. Um but God brought the woman to the man and Adam said this is now bones of my bones, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Now, the word divorce means torn flesh. Have you ever cut chicken up, a whole chicken, and you cut it up? If you tear, if you tear the flesh, you rip it apart. You don't have good pieces. You got to rip it. When you cut it, you cut it clean so when god so when the, so when the bible says and 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 they are uh amen shall be called woman because she was taken out of man um god goes on in verse 24 therefore because of this union shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife now i'm going to step through this stuff because the leaving A father and mother denotes total, a total independent relationship. Too many of us didn't leave clean. We still got friends and family in our, in our relationships and it has caused problems. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of my study about, uh, about 10 years ago. And the mother came in with him and I said to her, I said, darling, she said, yeah, pastor. I said, you are a very controlling woman. Stay out of their relationship. Who me? No, not me, you. (laughs) Because they don't need, they don't, they don't need you acting as referee. They will never ever become one. And the two shall process become one flesh. Are y'all getting this? I don't play interference in my marriage. I don't play it. You want to give me some advice. You want to give me some counsel. That's fine. Either side of the family come in. They're going to get laid out. I don't play that because I didn't come in your marriage when you was going through all your hell. Are you getting this? you can give me advice, but you're not going to control my marriage. You can forget that. And if my wife choose that you be in and she can go with you, I ain't fooling with that. No, no, and I'm saying this, no, I'm saying this out of love. I don't allow nobody to interfere in my relationship. Amen. It ain't happening up in here. That's it. Now, what am I talking about? Well, if your mother or her mother or your father, her father, they still alive, they say, well, you know, you guys need to really pray somebody. Like, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they come in your house without warning. They might have a key. <laughs> and they coming and laying down stuff. No, no, you need to pick that up and move it. That, that's bad business. That's bad business. Now, <clears throat> this thing is so deep, your children should not be able to interfere with your marriage. I don't care how old they are. God didn't tell you that your relationship with your, with, with your children is to death do you part. That ain't in the Bible. The reason I'm bringing that up, because we kind of lose the biblical mandate because we're so close to our kids. So we got to be careful about letting our kids play on us, which kids will do. You know, we did it as kids and then, you know, we couldn't do it. Get smacked upside your head, you know. Mommy, can I go? No, no, I want your daddy. Uh is it alright? You, you can't, you can't play them sides, man. You can't, you can't play them sides. And so, we got to understand, see, and, and again, my history gets me in trouble. So when something like that came in my household, my <clears throat> my mother would either say, "Talk to your father," or my father would say, "Did you talk to your mother?" There, there was there was some kind of understanding about what whatever you were asking, it had to have both approvals um, before you you know kind of moved ahead. So one one of the things we need to be careful of is that. Um, And and the Bible says, now watch this now, and they shall become one flesh, futuristic. There's a process that's going to happen over the years as these two leave and cleave to each other. They're going to formulate their own identity, their own covenant, their own marriage. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So there was no... Leroy, there was no guilt. And listen, guilt is serious. There's real and imagined guilt. If something happened in your life that you have not fully resolved, you can you can smile and quote scripture all you want. You're carrying guilt. You're carrying guilt. And that guilt comes out in different ways. People that are overly shy. A psychiatrist to tell you that shyness beyond the norm is guilt. Whether it's real or imagined. Are y'all are y'all understand what I'm saying? I read all these books. I'm just shy. I don't like to be around too many people. Well, what happened to you, baby? Come here. No, no, no. I'm 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 dead serious about this. God made us the fellowship. God made us. I mean, we're all different, you know what I mean? But God made us to get along, be in other people's presence, and da-da-da-da, when those walls keep going up and curtains keep going up and and we keep pulling back and I, and and, and whatnot, something is in the history, something's wrong that needs to be rectified. Yes. Yes. And I don't have no more than six to nine credits in psychiatry. But I read books. This this stuff is real. That so one of the things that <clears throat> we gotta understand is is that all of this he takes a rib, he makes a woman, he brings the woman to the man. Um leave and cleave the word cleave means to be glued to and 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 they shall—they're on their way to becoming one, and there's no guilt. Of course, there's no sin at this point. Here's what I want you to see—that I bet you you never saw in the book of Genesis. Now, go back before he made Eve. Are you getting this? Hmm. And look at verse 15. When you get to say "Amen." And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it, to keep it. Verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat it. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely, what? Die. And verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man be alone. I'll make a help for him. What is it you're trying to convey, Pastor, that God gave the word before he bought the woman? You can't miss that. He gave Adam his word concerning sin before he bought the woman. And that's why <laughs> Satan ingeniously approached Eve. See, this ain't got nothing to do with gender. In fact, most women are probably more intelligent than men, anyway. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, you know, my wife's more intelligent than me. young. Know, give it. Up. No, a lot of no. Listen up. And if you men feel bad, um, just write the alphabet backwards, and I'll collect it. <laughs> but but check this out. Here's here's what made Satan ingenious. Satan wanted to approach somebody that was secondary in hearing the word. He was not the primary, Lord have mercy, vehicle that got the word. Adam didn't get deceived, Adam sinned willfully. You got to understand the difference. Eve got deceived. The word "deceived" means uh, that Satan hooked this thing up to play on her emotions, her mental state, her heart. That I, he he couldn't do that to Adam. When she took of the fruit, and we don't know what the fruit was. When she took of the fruit and partook it, and she ate it and gave it to her husband, and he ate it, he had eyes open. He knew what he was doing. And you come come on, let's 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 try to understand Adam. Adam been on Earth with all animals, cow, dinosaur, chicken, rooster, and when God created Eve, the word Eve means "wow." When God created Eve, Adam said, "Wow!" So I guess Adam said, "I ain't going back to them animals, Doc. I just, I just fall with it. I, I ain't fooling with that." Now, 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 now that that that's what the Hebrew conveys. Why does it convey it? And how is Adam a type of Christ? Because Jesus died willfully, knowing what he was doing, with his eyes wide open. He who knew no sin became sin. So, so, so when we look at this account in Genesis, we find out this counterpart, this helper, this help me. Uh, And, and, and that's why your mate, I know it applies to my marriage, your mate looks at things totally different than you do. They're supposed to. The world comes up with this word compatibility, and we used to use that in the world. I want somebody like me. Are you kidding me? You're going to miss something. You're going to miss something. Hmm. My God. Um, the complimenting factor is that your strengths are her weaknesses and her weaknesses are your strengths. So what God brought to you is opposite of you It's what you don't have, but you need to be complimented. Are are y'all getting this? So, iron sharpening iron. Um, They reason different. They react different. They respond different. They think different. And we really don't like that because we really think that uh, issues how much we think of ourselves. We really want somebody like us. Somebody like us would mess us up. Honestly, mess us up. Y'all looking at me like I messed up now and he ain't nothing like me. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Now, Let me, let me move on because this, this thing gets, gets even deeper. Ish is the Hebrew for man. Isha is the Hebrew for woman and the word woman means soft. Yeah. (laughs) Leave that alone too. All right. here's the reasons God wanted marriage and we're going to get there in a minute to raise up children procreation preventing fornication lawful uh, to live a life that's lawful that's honorable the bed is undefiled, um to to be joined together um uh and 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 to move away from forbidden conduct we're going to look at all this so when we get to uh 1 Corinthians 7, again, he's responding to questions that was asked of him. So let me do this. Um, look at 1 Corinthians 7 1. Let's go there. And we and we cov- cover some of this. Are you with me? So Paul says in First Corinthians, if you have your, any questions, raise your hand. I, if I don't know it. I'll get back to you. 1 Corinthians 7 1 says, know ye not brethren, uh, I'm in Romans, 7, 1 Corinthians 7 1 uh, here we go. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me. Now here we go. So we know Paul's answering the question, right? It is not good for a man to touch a woman and the word touch is um, it's it's a word that denotes fornication. It's a human it's 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 it's, it's fornication. It's the context is it is not, now you got to understand what was in Corinth, everything was in Corinth, prostitutes, uh, everything, slaves, everything, everything was in Corinth. It was a dirty city, a city full of sin. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. That, that is prohibitive, 7-1, to prevent trouble, to prevent this action of fornication. Let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. Now, in my counseling, I tell people, don't jump in no marriage just for sex. don't do it even though the the exhortation here is listen if you're burning you need to consider marriage but don't 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 think that marriage is just about sex it's not um he deals with preventing a trouble 3 to 5 he deals with the purpose of transfer let the husband render due benevolence unto his wife And the wife to the husband, they own each other's bodies. Don't defraud one another, verse 4, verse 5. Don't defraud without uh, consent from both. And the only thing that ought to stop you from coming together is spiritual fasting and prayer, and then come right back together so Satan does not tempt you. We've been there. When he says, verse 6, but I speak this by permission, it does not mean that the scriptures were not inspired, it means I'm covering something Jesus didn't cover on earth. Whenever you see that phrase, Paul is saying, Jesus didn't talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all, are, y'all, are y'all getting me? All right. So, he says, for I would, verse seven, Now we're still dealing with Christians being married to Christians, verses one to eleven, I would that all men were even as I myself. Now, it is believed that Paul was a widower. His, his, somewhere along the line, his wife died. We know he was married because he was a Pharisee. Pharisees had to be married. All right. He was a lawyer of the word. But every man has his proper gift of God, one after this man, another after that. And I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows... It is good if they abide even as I. Now, Paul is saying, I'm celibate, I'm single, I don't need sex, I don't need companionship, I'm running for my Lord. I wish you were as I am. Are y'all getting this? The reason is because when you're single, you can do more for Jesus than married. I gotta get home to the kids. I gotta go shopping. I, got, I told my husband, we got, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when we used to go out to the gallery in the '80s, in the '70s and '80s, and stand on the corner every Saturday afternoon, I, we were giving out close to a thousand tracks a week in front of the gallery. I ain't had no way. Be out there all day, go to a Bible study, go to a fellowship. You understand? Keith Reed was single. I was single. It was a whole lot of us that just single. We we could we could get out there and stay out to two and three o'clock in the morning, nothing to it. Are y'all getting this? That's what Paul's referring to. When you get married, you know, is dinner ready? Uh I got uh, she's waiting for me. I can't stay, guys, you know. And it's there's nothing wrong with that, but it minimizes your time for the Lord is 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 the inference here. It minimizes your time for the Lord. And so Paul is saying, I wish you were as I am now, but look what he says. Verse nine, but if you cannot contain, get married. Now, I, I, I used to be teaching a class and um, in fact, there's a young lady. She's not here to, to tonight and I, I won't call her name because I, She's a member here at St. Matthew's, been here for 20-something years. And she used to come to my house in South Philly when I got out of the military, bought a house on my GI Bill, and got saved. I was on fire for Jesus. She used to come to my house every Friday night for Bible study. She lived up in Germantown. She went to Deliverance Evangelical Church. She would come down to my house every Friday. My house would be packed out and I'll, I'll be teaching the word, and I'm saying, that, that was 78, 79 into the 80s, and, and she's still with me. She's here every Sunday. She's still with me. The fact of the matter is, is that we can do a whole lot for Jesus when our hands is not tied. When our hands are not tied. And 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 so uh, I used to tell missionaries, you know what a missionary is? You you go off to Africa, you go to China, you go to, don't go on a mission field in the jungles of Africa, and you got a Jones. I don't, I don't want to hear about you chasing monkeys through the woods and <laughs> you 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 know you got you got a problem here, Doc. You got we got a problem, Houston. Because you cannot contain. Are y'all getting this? You cannot contain. You you gotta know what's in you. And there's nothing wrong if you say, well, you know what? I I I just can't go to the mission field for five years, four years because I have I have biological needs that need to be met. I I'm I'm not going to feel whole because I I'm not with anybody. Uh, yet most missionaries got the gift of celibacy. They don't even think about this stuff. They don't even think about it. So if we send a mission, let's say we send Reverend Jackson to the mission field in Africa, (laughs) he come flying back next week, I can't do it, Doc. We know. We (laughs) know. We know we got problems. (sighs) (sighs) You know I love you, boy. You know I love you. Praise God. Amen. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, bless him, because he let me use him in my my illustrations. Okay. So, the first 11 verses deals with Christians being married to Christians, and then we get to verse 12. But to the rest, here we go, we're making a transition. Now, he's talking about Christians being married to non-Christians. Oh, boy. And the Bible says, be not unequally yoked." So here we go. Christians married to non-Christians, maybe, and 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 maybe maybe when you got married, that was not maybe both of you weren't saved, and in the process of time, you got saved, the other one didn't. We always have this. Amen. Um. Let me let me stop, Pauls and park, and, and, and say this to you: You and I will not change anybody. Take that one home with you. You ain't changing nobody. You can't even change yourself. Well, I'm working on my husband. <laughs> Keep working, honey. <laughs> I'm working on my wife. Keep working. You ain't changing nobody. And you're selfish because the reason you want to change them is because the blueprint you got think you is going to make you happy. Now, let's look at this text. This one's tight. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. In other words, Jesus didn't address this under the power of the the Holy Spirit. I'm going to address it. If any brother hath a wife that believeth what? Not. He's married to somebody that's not saved. And she and she desires and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. God ain't telling you to bust up nothing. Mm -hmm. Let him not, let him not, let him not, let him not, let him not put her away. Lord have mercy. And (laughs) I love this. Because Paul and you know, I need, to, I need to deviate. Hold your finger there. Turn to 1 Peter 3. Marriage is a mandate, marriage is a ministry. Ephesians 5 20, uh, 22 to 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, that's, that's the ministerial part. Marriage is a mandate. It's the, only relation, it's, it's, it's the only institution that God recognizes. Amen. God don't recognize shacking and living with your madam or whatever you call her. And God does not recognize, this thing is tight, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. God ain't recognizing that. God, God is not recognizing, amen, um, where you can have more than one wife. He ain't recognizing that. No, he's not. Amen. So I will not come in here on Sunday and tell you I'm a Mormon. (laughs) That was a joke too. All right, all right, here we go. All right, First Peter. That's First Peter. They don't even know what I'm talking about, but leave it alone. First Peter, chapter three. I don't want the whole chapter. I just want a part. Look what he says. Likewise, verse 1, ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the way you live. My God. Well, my husband won't come to church with me. He don't want to hear the Bible. Well, just Let your light shine. Just keep living right. God is saying he starts to watch you and not St. Matthew's. Hmm. Are y'all getting this? While they behold your chase life coupled with fear. Who's adorning. Now, he moves from what should be on the inside to what typically women do on outside. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, wearing of gold, and putting on of apparel, verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of a heart in which, amen, is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in God's sight of what? Mm. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being subjected to their own husbands. Now, part of that subjection was wearing, wearing a scarf over their head and, and, you know, going out at certain times. The woman at the well, Jesus knew she was loose. She was at the well at 12 o'clock by herself. In the first century, unheard of. Women came out together. Holy women came out together. When Jesus saw that woman by herself, she was against the custom of the day. So that's why when they got in this large conversation, he said, "Uh, go call your husband. Remember that? She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you have five of them. And the one you went now is not your husband. He could identify that first because she wasn't keeping the custom up of being a chase woman. Being a chase woman. And 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 listen, let me say this to you. Uh men like ladies. Men like that. Now, I'm I'm from the wild side, you know, South Philly and military. Wild man. You know, everybody on Northeast Coast hung together. New York, Philly, D.C., Baltimore. We in Northeast Carter, we dressed alike, we looked alike, we partied. I got my boy in New York. I ain't seen him in 40 years. Cooter from New York. Cooter. And this other one, Johnson, man. We, we partied, partied, party like it was no tomorrow. Just laugh, joke, laugh, joke. Gordon, you gotta come on up to the Bronx. You gotta come on up. I'm coming to Philly. We, we, we were just like hand in glove. We had a ball. And sometimes I sit back and think about them guys. I was much younger and I said, Lord, I hope some of them are saved. Some of them might be dead. And in hell. But here's what I'm trying to get you to see. I don't care how wild a man is, he wants a lady. This ain't even priest in church no more. So when I see girls and when I see young ladies um, carry themselves and act out and cussing and eating chicken bones down the street and throwing the chicken bone, you know, when they have no, you know, I'm serious. You know, I could sing some oldies one night affair, but but, you don't want to carry that home. I came here, I was teaching in the youth department. I was teaching the young men how to be gentlemen and young ladies how to be ladies. You know, I got criticized for that. You know, people in the congregation actually criticize me. I couldn't believe that. I'm trying to teach your daughter. I'm bringing in specialists. Well, I say specialists. Ladies that tell them how to sit, how to fold their legs, how, you know, how to dress. Same, same with the guys. And they get upset with me. I said, it's deep. Uh, so, the culture starts to dictate to the parents, to the kids, you weren't raised that way, but the culture is now dictating, let them go, that's their life, let them do what they want to do. But the fact of the matter, they got everything against them. Are you please understand what Pastor's trying to say? If I go for a job and I'm not dressed right, I'm not sitting there, I'm not looking this man or woman in the eye, and I got all these slurish responses. So how long have you been at your last child? Um. Um. Oh. Can you say that God didn't understand what you say? You ain't getting hired. You're not getting hired. So our church is instrumental in trying to break some of these barriers. So we can start teaching people what <clears throat> is appropriate in their demeanor, their, you know, how they carry themselves, da 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 Articulation, how you speak. If I got a job opening here and you come to my office and I say, uh, good afternoon, you say, hey dog, what's up? I'm going to dog my foot right up your behind and get you out of my office. Now, I had we had at the we had at the National Baptist a situation that came up where a pastor stood up in the meeting and said and he's from Chicago. He said, Ray, I'm trying to I'm trying to relate to this generation. I said, yeah, we all got to do it, man. And he kept talking. I said, well, what's up? He said, well, and the young ladies that was introducing the youth to me said, now, pastor, don't react because we know what age you are. Don't react. Just let them say what they're going to say. So, he agreed. So, when he agreed, the youth said, Jesus is my dog. So, he said, Ray, you got a problem with that? I said, I'd have ran that. <laughs> I'd have ran him three-twenty-two. Jesus ain't no dog. And you ain't bringing that up in here. Amen, pastor. Now, 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 I know I'm sure my age. I know I'm messed up. But Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. And every knee shall bow. I don't care about your rap and your jargon and and, and all that. Man, I don't care about that when it comes to this. He's not dull. (laughs) He's omnipotent. And, and 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 so from the from the pulpit to the door, we got to we got to understand what we're giving approval to, and what we're not giving approval to. There's got to be boundaries. People without boundaries are dangerous. Do I have a witness? And that's what's wrong with this generation. We ain't, they ain't got no boundaries. Mothers getting high with their daughters. Are you kidding me? My mother gave a New Year's Eve party. It was probably 61, 60. And we came downstairs in our pajamas. They was rocking it out down there, Doc. And I peeked down the steps. My mother said, Ain't nobody down here your age? Get in your room. Everybody had a little beer in their hand, you know. That's when you leave your doors open all night. But my point is, we got to have boundaries. We got to have boundaries in our marriage. We got to have boundaries in ministry. We got to have boundaries. Without boundaries, we're dangerous. We're dangerous. And we got to close, closure, those back doors. We got to close the back doors. You, you can't leave a door cracked from your past and you're trying to be faithful in your marriage in the present. Are y'all with me? I came in and told Sister G, I, I went to Dunkin' Donuts to get some donuts for the staff. And I had my, I had my pinstripe suit on and my tie, my hat, and I'm going through the drive-thru. And, and she said, that'll be such and such. So I, Went in my pocket. I said, good morning. She said, she said oh, I love your suit. <laughs> it, it, was, it was this Caucasian girl. She said, I love your suit. I said, well, thank you. And I didn't think no more of it. She said, I used to work at Macy's in the men's department. That is sharp. I like that. And the Lord said, close the door. If you don't close it, ten minutes from now, you'll be coming back for another dozen donuts. (laughs) So, Sister Gordon said, I'll go around there and close the door. That's tight. All right, here we go. Just trying to make you laugh. We love it. We love it. All right, now here we go. We're we're still in 1 Peter chapter 3, right? All right, I'm almost finished. He's talking about the hidden person. He's talking about the holy person. And verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, we know about that, daughters, amen, likewise, your husband. Dwell. The word dwell means real estate. Live with them. Uh Uh-oh. According to what? Knowledge. Knowledge. This is one of the things that men can't seem to see. In the Greek, study them. They're not your last girlfriend. They're not the person in the club you used to run with. Study Study your wife and give her a preferential position of respect. Are y'all getting this? Giving honor unto the what? No, 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 no. See? He said weaker. That's that's why you're sitting up here by yourself. Look. No, I said giving giving honor. (laughs) I love him. I love him. Y'all know me. I'm going to hit him. Giving honor unto the wife. Just giving honor to the wife. She's preferential. You got to respect her. She's not a hoe. She's not a bourgeois, boochie. She's your wife. Look at this. Giving honor uh, to your wife as if, conditional, hypothetical, Sister Arnold, as if she were the weaker vessel. God is saying, oh no, she's not the weaker vessel. Listen, Listen, listen. The one that makes all the demands are the weak ones. The ones that got all the scruples and rules, they're the weak ones. Are you you getting this? Yeah. Here's what he's saying. Study her, Lord have mercy, giving honor to her as the wife as if she were a weaker vessel and as being heirs together with you of the grace of life that your prayers will not be hindered. My God. God says the answer to your prayers is directly connected to your attitude and your respect for your wife. It's connected. It's connected. It's uh, as Gladys Knight said it's time to go now. So, I'm I'm a, I'm am going to come back to first group and say any questions to the unmarried the unmarried being married the listen the 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 saved being married to an unmarried person we're going to deal heavy with that God didn't tell you to ditch you and get out the door told you to remain Mhm and we're going to put out every position on divorce we're gonna look at every uh, scripture about what God says the marriage union ought to be done. You know what I'm trying to say? That's all right, man. I'm gonna get you a wife, man. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me dollar up. <laughs> but uh, any any questions from anybody? Any questions, man? And, and 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 watch what you wish for. It may not be everything you think it is Amen. because marriage is work with wisdom and worship. Any, anybody got any questions as we close? Anybody? Nobody? Praise the name of Jesus. Okay, let's, let's stay on our feet. We're going to be picking this stuff back up. Bring your questions. Praise God. And uh, thank God for you. The Lord is good. Is there anybody here that needs to be saved? Jesus died for your sins was buried and rose again. Just raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ or join our church. Is there one? We love you. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we live in a culture that has diluted and has destroyed the power of your institution called marriage. We all need a learning and a liberation. We all need to know what and how to do what we do towards one another. Because, God, you're holding us accountable for this covenant. And, God, we pray for the singles, that you would give them insight, discernment, and direction. And, God, let them not enter into any relationship that you're not a part of. Bless our church, and we thank you for the night. In Jesus' name.